I'm going to begin tonight with a word of thanks. Thank you, Manny, for uh, praying the novena, because I know how uh, much so many of you love that novena, and you're very devotional, and so I'm grateful that you did the shortened version, but did it. And thank you, Ernie, and all your sacristan crew, Michael Arvisu, who's uh, recording this, so you can share it with family and friends, the choir, and and all the people who have put this together, the lectors, everybody. Okay, you know who you are. I thank you very much. Um, I want to also begin with, uh, with uh, what I think is appropriate when you, for your novena. You, you begin the celebration of Christmas with the carols. So I'm going to say in English, Merry Christmas. Get ready. I'm going to say in Tagalog, Malagayang Pasco. <laughs> I'm going to say in Spanish, Feliz Navidad. You know this parish began as an Italian parish. Those were the first ones here. So I've got to say for the Italians, Buon Natale. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only German here in this uh, ch church right now. So I say, Florit Bischlachten. <laughs> and I butchered that one badly. But <laughs> now... <clears throat> Years ago, um, I went to Mexico to celebrate a wedding for a friend of mine, um, and I felt totally naked. It was, it was a very challenging experience because my Spanish was pathetic, and I couldn't dare even try to translate, so I went to uh, a friend of mine who spoke fluent Spanish and wrote out my homily, which I never do, but did it so that I could read it, and, and then I went to Mexico only Mexicans present, and embarrassed myself as I tried to speak their language. Um, but I got through it, and I, I have to say, as difficult as it was, I did it partially not just because my friend was getting married, but because I loved the differences in cultures. I think, personally, I think LA is one of the best places on earth, because you've got every culture here, and in, in, for many of them, the second largest culture outside their country is here. And um, actually, it used to be that, and I think I'm correct in this, about five years ago it changed. It used to be the highest population of Mexico, Mexicans in cities was District Federal in Mexico, DFA, Guadalajara, and then Los Angeles. <clears throat> but about five years ago, I understand, I could be wrong, that it became the DFA, District Federal, uh, Los Angeles, and then uh, Guadalajara. The point is, uh, many people come here, and there's such an explosion of and mixture of cultures, I find it very rewarding. Now, when I was in the seminary, <clears throat> it took until my first year of college, so it was my fifth year of seminary, to really hear much about Our Lady of Guadalupe, because I was in St. Charles Parish in North Hollywood. We didn't have a Spanish mass at that time there, and although I knew Latinos, I... Uh, I didn't know their culture all that well, and I certainly had never experienced the real celebration of Marle Guadalupe, and it was the seminary that introduced me. But I heard nothing, and we had seminar seminaries who were Filipinos, nothing about Simbangaybi, nothing. It took me until I got to my one, two, three, fourth, fifth parish, St. Joseph of Hawthorne, where there were a lot of Filipinos, and that's where I first experienced Simbangavi. So all those years, and I never knew anything about the culture. So I have to say, it's been an education. Now, partially, now this may sound awful, but 
Oh, thank God I'm not a Filipino born in the Philippines. I had to get up at 3 in the morning to do the masses for nine days. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Is anybody here, people who used to get up at 3? Any of you? Oh, you are amazing. Wow. Wow. And what a busy time of year. Those poor priests there, you know. Well, but I, all of you love it so much. But um, uh, I really appreciate the pride that you have in your culture, the pride you have in this celebration in Santo Nino also. There's other things, but, but those two in particular. Uh, the love you have for your language and for the song, the music, you're such a musical people. And I, I just wonder, you know, who am I, sound like Mary, who am I that I should even dare to get up here and celebrate when, when I hardly understand the word. The only word I've understood in all of your singing tonight is Cristo. <laughs> That's the only word. So I'm going to give you a little um, um, demonstration of how inadequate I am for this, okay? When I was in Hawthorne, um, there was a strong Filipino community, and Vince um, Malto was the coordinator, and uh, he presented all kinds of things. So this was December 15th uh, through the 23rd year 2000. And the office of the diocese that, uh, that uh, celebrates the Filipino culture um, and the Simbangabi um, had a theme for that year. It was learn, live, share the faith, and celebrate God's love. And then I'm just going to try to read these two lines. I think it's Tagalog. And I think this first word, I think I counted 16 letters in it. So get ready. Panantpapapalatayayi alamin isabuhay ibagi arang pagibig ding Dios alipedawang. Is that close? Was I close? Wow. So I went through my notes and I heard what I heard in the introduction. Simagabi, night mass, devotional nine day series of masses, practiced by Roman Catholics and Aglipayans in the Philippines in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary in anticipation of Christmas. But this part got my attention. The cherished Christmas custom eventually became a distinct feature of Philippine culture and is a symbol of sharing. Lovely. And it says this. Today, local delicacies are readily available in the church's premises for the parishioners. Now again, if I say a bad word because I, I just said it so wrong, please forgive me. The iconic puto bumbong, babinka, suman, and other rice pastries are cooked on the spot. Latik and yema are sweets sold to children, while biscuits like uraro, barquilo, slengo de gato, and otap are also available. Capibaraco, a very strong coffee in the province of Batangas. Hot socolate o salabat, a tisan of ginger, are the main drinks. Arroz caldo, rice and chicken porridge, soups and papayit. Goat bile stew found in the Locos region, soups abound. <laughs> you got every possible word I could ever say. But <laughs> I said it to, to enjoy uh, this day a little because it, it, it truly it does make me feel a bit naked to get up here and you speak. I, I heard in the sacristy tonight a lot of Tagalog going on, and, and that's good. It's all, it's all good. Um, but it, it's always culturally a, a feeling when you don't really know what people are saying and all. And especially if they say something and laugh, you think they're saying something about you. But um, 
it's always kind of a naked feel. But nonetheless, I feel privileged to celebrate it with you because um, to me, this is a way that I feel uh, you include me in your culture. You bring me in. You share the beauty of your culture with somebody who can't even pronounce uh, 98% of the words properly. And even if he could pronounce them, doesn't know what he's saying. So it's a, a distinct pleasure to be welcomed in. But I want to add one serious thing, because, because last year we didn't celebrate because we couldn't. And, and quite frankly, I thought they were going to ask us to call it all off because uh, this, this particular uh, variant is so, uh, they say, aggressively um, uh, capable of being spread and uh, that these masks are so important. I'm far enough away, but so important. And you know, I've, I've been hearing something, and I'm not, I don't want to make a big thing of it, but I want to challenge, okay? I want to challenge. Because um, I hear people struggle with the idea of the vaccine. And I, I say this on this night of Simbangabi because I want to ask that in some way the power of the celebration of this cultural celebration of Simbangabi that you love so much would, would underline and make in all capital letters what I'm about to say. One of the great saints, one of the greatest saints uh, in philosophy and theology was Thomas Aquinas. And one of the things I learned in the seminary, this word stuck forever, and I think it was one of the truths uh, that was taught in our faith that I think is one of the most important that I've held on to forever. Simple, simple few words, he said, Thomas Aquinas said, grace builds on nature. Grace builds on nature. And he went about through his theological and philosophical studies to prove as best he could what this means. In other words, um, not that there can't be the miraculous, but the normal way that things work is through the natural, and that gets blessed and becomes more natural or more supernatural. But it doesn't start with something supernatural. You know, we don't have, walk outside with our dog and then the dog floats up in the sky. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, if, if I walk off this ledge, I don't fall up, I fall down. So the natural is what we start with, and then it can become graced and blessed. Now, I'll tell you one of the things that blesses and graces the natural. If somebody uh, is mean to you, uh, you can be natural back and be just as mean. If somebody says something obscene to you, you or I could be just as obscene back to them. But here's proof of supernatural. They spit on him, they stripped him, they beat him, they made him carry a cross, they put a crown of thorns in his head, they laughed at him, they mocked him, they ridiculed him for three hours before he died, and he says these words, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. Now, that's supernatural. And in spite of all the natural pain and all the natural rejection that Jesus went through, he was able to reach inside and find the supernatural. The, I would call it the pure love of God. The pure love of God. And that, I think, is a very high goal that we carry as Catholics, as Christians, we say, Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. You're celebrating Simbangabi for nine days to honor Mary and, and to welcome Jesus Christ born on Christmas. So 
you and I, people who would celebrate such a, a celebration, are saying to the world, we believe it so deeply, we can't just say we're prepared. We spend nine days intensively preparing. In our country, we get up at three in the morning for Mass, and we sing, and we do all this stuff to, to prepare ourselves so totally that Jesus Christ is born in us. We would say it. Literally, Mary was pregnant with Christ. Well, we get spiritually pregnant, all of us, men and women alike, spiritually pregnant. But Jesus Christ comes into us in a way spiritually that is so powerful that this natural can be transformed into the supernatural and that we can, through love, through love transform the world. So today, I, I think um, with all the butchering I did, it doesn't matter. We know what we're doing here. We know what we're celebrating. Whether uh, a priest says it correctly or incorrectly, it doesn't matter. What we're doing here is an action. And the action is we're saying by our celebration, we want to be ready for Christ. Because when he comes, we want to recognize him. We want him to touch every part of our spirit, especially the sinful part, especially the weak and broken part, so that through his transforming love, we can look just a little bit more like him this year and give a little bit more of him to the world this year. And through that, we can truly sing Alleluia, Christ is born.